If you have been with us the last couple of weeks, you know that Josh, our senior pastor, has been on vacation and he's been taking some time off from the pulpit to prepare for the upcoming season of, of teaching and messages. And so the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple of our elders speak to you. And then uh, this week, we've got a special guest. Dave Troyer is, is our guest speaker today. So we're very excited to have Dave. He's a local guy. He, uh, he ministered for over 15 years at New Life Christian Church in Morton. And uh, now is over at Harvest, and he, he serves with, with Cameron Easley and with Doug Chamberlain, two of our elders, over at Samaritan Ministries right now as well. So we're really excited to have Dave with us today. So let's just give him a welcome as he, as he comes to teach us today. Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. Well, it is a privilege and an honor to be here today. And uh, Cam asked me about a week ago if, if I'd be available, and I said I would. And so if there's anything that uh, I say that you don't like, talk to Cameron. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, it is a privilege to be here and to bring the Word of God to you today. And I'm going to be uh, talking about power in praise. And it's something that I've seen God work into my home and my family in a very special way. And I'm grateful for what God has done. And so it's, it's an honor to be able to bring that message to you today. And uh, <clears throat> just going to uh, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, verse 18. It says something very simple, but we're going to camp right there. So if you want to have that available, that's where we're going to be. I'll have other verses, but that's, that's where we're going to camp. In everything... Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray and ask God's blessing upon this time we have together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are an awesome God. I thank you that you are willing to give us principles in your word that show us the way to live and Give us the ability to cope with difficulties and problems in our lives. And Lord, I want to ask you to be glorified now in my heart and in all of our hearts as we seek to understand what we can apply to our lives. May you, O oh Lord, work in us so that we can bring honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. wanted to uh, share a little bit about this verse First of all, my, my wife and I, when we were first starting out, and that's been a few years ago, uh, way, way, way back in the past, in the 70s, we read this book together. And it's a book that is still available on Amazon because I do discipling groups, and a lot of times this is one of the books that I use in my discipling groups. So anyway, uh, Power and Praise is, uh, is just an awesome book about this very principle that we find in the Word of God. In everything, give thanks. And so I uh, wanted to share this with you because uh, God has revealed himself most powerfully in my life through this principle. And I've seen it again and again and again. And so I'm going to share some stories out of my own life and also a few other stories and uh, just concerning how this principle works. But uh, anyway, first, my, my wife and I decided we were going to read the book, Power and Praise, and uh, we, we read the first chapter, 
And that was on a Sunday that we made that decision to do this. And uh, in the first chapter, it was all about praising God in the midst of everything. Whatever it is that comes, praise his name. Bring him honor. Bring him glory. And we read that first chapter, and uh, we began to notice that we had some ants, some big one-inch sweet-eating ants. They were just everywhere. They were in, they were in the um, walls and floors, and uh, they were getting into the honey. They, they would go through, you know how a mason jar has grooves around the... Uh, the top and you fasten that lid on those grooves well they would crawl up through the grooves and dive down into the honey with the lid on and they'd kill themselves in the honey they were getting into the canisters on the countertop they're supposed to protect you from that kind of thing you know the flour and the sugar and the other things that you have in the canister they were everywhere and so uh we had them there and we had them uh we had them in the cereal, we had them in the honey, we had them everywhere, and it was just a mess. Now, one thing you need to know about my wife, she is, she, she's a neat freak, okay? I didn't say that in the first service, but she is. She is a neat freak. She, she just likes everything decent and in order and clean, and little creatures like ants drive her nuts, <laughs> Anyway, we decided we were going to praise God in the midst of that situation of having ants everywhere. And, and you know that, that day as we continued to praise God, you know what happened? They got worse. <laughs> and we continued to praise, not because we were trying to get our way with God, but we wanted to bring honor to God because maybe in the middle of that situation we could learn patience. Or maybe we could develop some character qualities. Who knows what God could do if we would respond to him in the midst of a situation like that. And so uh, we continued to give him praise. And on Tuesday we gave him praise. And on Wednesday I called my wife from where I worked. I worked at uh, Bell Labs at the time. And uh, this, I lived in New Jersey in another life a long time ago. But uh, anyway... I, uh, I asked her how things were going, and we talked for a while, and, and toward the end she said, oh, by the way, Dave, I've only seen one ant. And I said, wow, that's great. So the next day I called her again, one ant. And the third day, one ant. And then on Saturday, when I was home, no ants at all. And we were really having trouble keeping our focus because we were getting excited about the fact that the ants were gone. And so I had to guard my heart. I want to, whether you take the ants away or not, Lord, I am going to honor you. I'm going to praise you in it. And uh, now the, this is really powerful to me because I knew what our house was constructed like. It was the apartment we lived in. There was a floorboard that was at least an inch from the floor. And you could shine a flashlight back there because I did it. I shined a flashlight back and you could see the firewall between our house or our apartment and the next apartment. And there were ants all over the front of the building. And there continued to be ants over the front brick of the building. And there were ants in other apartments and there were ants everywhere else. We never had an ant for the next two years 
in our apartment. Oh, there was one other time. That Sunday night, I had a friend named Glenn. He was a junior high kid, and uh, he used to hang out for something to do. He'd come talk to Dave and Carol. And so uh, I had led him to Christ when uh, he was a little bit younger, and so we were trying to teach him some of the principles of life. And uh, One of the things that uh, happened that night when Glenn was there in our apartment, we did have another aunt that night. It crawled on Carol's knee. <laughs> and so we remembered the story, and we told Glenn what God had done in the midst of all the ants. And uh, Glenn said, I'll bet you God sent that ant just so you would tell me. And it was, he was really, he was really neat young man. I, uh, I was grateful for the opportunity to uh, minister to Glenn. But, uh, you know, time after time, we've seen God work in the midst of Situations that we didn't like, but we chose to honor God in the midst of it anyway. I remember being on Newberry Court here in Morton, um, which is not too far from here. But uh, anyway, at Newberry Court, I had this situation come up. I was on my way home, and Carol and I had talked on the weekend about I needed to rototill the garden and I needed to mow the grass because the grass was really long. And uh, it was after the weekend, and I'd been done with my duties on Sunday. And uh, so Monday night, I was going to do all this. And on the way home, I even can remember who it was I was talking to. There was a lady that wanted to talk about some things, and it went on for 45 minutes. Have you ever known that you made a promise and you got to get somewhere and get something done? And the other person won't let you go. <laughs> she wouldn't let me go. And so uh, 45 minutes, I finally, I got home. It's about a quarter to five. And I get the rototiller out. And there's a blade on the rototiller. I have a front tine rototiller. still have it. And uh, took, the, took the nut the, and bolt apart and dropped the nut in the grass. Boy, talk about a recipe for frustration. There I was, ready to be real frustrated because I didn't have the ability to put that, that auger in that digs the, uh, causes the rototiller to dig into the ground. And uh, I have to have that nut and that bolt in order to do that. And so I, I start tearing the grass out. And I got a one-foot diameter circle of grass that I've got out. And I've just about reached my quitting point. You know, I'm, and I decided, okay, for some reason God reminded me. I don't always think of it, but he reminded me, you know, Dave, you need to praise me in the middle of this. And so I began to, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Regardless of what happens, whether I get the rototilling done, whether I get the grass mowed, I am going to praise God in the middle of this. And so I did. And... Uh, Right there, there was a, the nut was on a blade of grass, and it fell off the blade of grass down into the middle of the circle. I don't know what that was all about, but I tell you, I put that on, and I got the rototilling done, I got the mower started, I got the mowing done, and I got done just a little bit after dark, and, but I got the things done that I had promised that I was going to do that night, and so... You know, I don't know how 
all of that, uh, I don't know what all is going on in the heavenlies concerning something like that, but I know one thing. My attitude was, was different because I was praising God in the middle of it rather than letting it frustrate me. And normally it would frustrate me. So anyway, we're going to be looking at uh, this in everything. And uh, by the way, in everything means in the good and in the bad. And I think the everything especially means when things are not going the way you want them to. You know, Romans 8.28 says it this way. It says, all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. There's a lot of things that happen in this life that are not good. And I know what happened to the hills. And I know that that kind of stuff does happen in this world. And we don't always know why things like that happen. But I know that in the midst of things, even like that, God says all things, not just some things, but all things work together for good. God has ways of turning that for good. He knows how to make good come out of difficult situations. And he is able to turn it for good because he is that great. And so all things work together for good means even the little problems, even the big problems. And so uh, in the midst of this kind of thing, Psalm 47.7 says, it says, sing praises in a skillful psalm and with understanding. In other words, I'm not gritting my teeth and saying, I'm going to praise you in spite of what's going on. I'm praising God in the midst of it because he is working in my life somehow to turn it for good. And so uh, <clears throat> God knows what we're, when we're trying to manipulate him and when we're trying to get our own way and that's not going to work. It's not some kind of magic thing that we do. It is something that he says is important for us to do. He says, in everything, give thanks. And so uh, Merlin Carruthers shares a story in his book. And uh, by the way, Merlin uh, was in the Marine Corps and a chaplain. And uh, he was pretty well known. He, he had a whole series of books that he wrote. Uh, Prison to Praise is one of the books. Some of you may have heard of that book. Power and praise, answers to praise, praise works. He, he was all about praise. And, uh, you know, the, the encouragement he gave me was what got Carol and I started in this journey of praising God in the midst of whatever happened. But anyway, Merlin tells the story about a couple with a daughter who had been in a, in a mental institution. And uh, they had been praying for months. For their daughter. They were greatly concerned. They were grieved over the fact that their daughter was in the mental institution and was not doing well. And uh, they, they heard this message by Merlin and they decided that they were going to praise God in the midst of a very bad situation. And so they, they prayed a prayer and they said, Lord, we don't know exactly how you're going to use this for good, but uh, you love our daughter and you love her more than we do. So help us to trust you to work in her life and through this institution. Thank you for the doctors. Thank you for the hospital. 
And we trust you to find a way to work in her life. The next morning, the psychiatrist called them. She'd been in there for a long time in that mental institution. The next morning, the doctor called and said, uh, she's taken a turn for the better. We don't understand it. We don't know why, but she's taken a big turn for the better. And so uh, two weeks later, she was released from that mental institution. And uh, a year later, Merlin was speaking at another place, and he basically uh, got to talk to her brother. And her brother had been at that meeting, and that's why he got to see her brother. But uh, anyway, she had gotten married. She was expecting a child, and she was happy and normal and sane again. And they didn't understand everything about what God did there, and I don't always understand what God does either in the midst of it, but I know that when we trust God in the middle of a difficult situation, it brings honor to God and gives our faith a chance to work. It's hard for our faith to work when we're angry and upset But when we are praising God, it gives an atmosphere of being able to let God work in the midst of that situation. And so in everything, we're supposed to do it in the good and the bad. The second thing that's said is give thanks. I looked at the dictionary to see what the dictionary defines giving thanks as. It's a simple thing. Acknowledging a benefit or favor. Now, for giving thanks to God, we're acknowledging his greatness and his worthiness and how he is able to uh, be glorified when we give him praise in the midst of our life. And so we praise him. And Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Familiar verse. Lots of us know that verse. That's a good description of what praise is all about and giving thanks. It's delighting in him, delighting in his presence, delighting in how good he is, delighting in all the benefits he brings our way. And so we delight in the Lord because he's told us to do that. And we give thanks because it's a commandment that he gives us in scripture. And it makes such a difference in our own attitude. We have such a different approach to life. We have such a better ability to cope with life. We're able to handle the difficulties that come our way because in that situation, we're giving thanks. Not for it, but in the midst of it. And so we, we can give thanks. And if you look at the Old Testament and you see the children of Israel you see how God felt about what they did when they complained and they murmured and they groaned. You know, that little trip from Egypt to the promised land took them 40 years. That trip could physically be made in three or four weeks. And why did they have to wander in the desert for 40 years? The Bible says in... 1 Corinthians 10.10, it says, don't murmur against God, and they did, and uh, it's all very natural. We're very human in our approach to things, but here's what it says in Numbers chapter 11. It says, now the people complained about their hardships, 
in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. And some of the people died because of the murmuring and the complaining. God didn't have a real good pleasure with what they were doing. Murmuring, murmuring and complaining is not God's way. And Why is that? Because I think murmuring and complaining has a way of breaking us down and causing us to be unable to deal with life the way we ought to be able to deal with life. And so he, he knows how bad it is for us. And because of that, he says, we're not to murmur and complain. And it sure worked against the children of Israel. I want to tell you another story. My, my son Josh was at the University of Illinois uh, for a year down in Champaign. And I remember very vividly when I was driving to Peoria, we were going to the Northwoods Mall, my wife and I. And uh, on our way, I got a call in the car on my cell phone. And we didn't have any cell phone law then, so... I was okay, <laughs> and uh, my wife still didn't like me to take calls when I was on the road, but I, once in a while I did, but it was from Josh, and uh, Josh and Mary were married, and he, they were living down in uh, Champaign, and I said, Josh, how you doing? He said, Dad, this has been a bad day. I said, well, Josh, what happened? He said, well, there's really four things, Dad. He said... Number one, Mary lost her job. Mary's his wife. She worked at the picture people in the mall at Champaign, and they closed that down. And so uh, Mary didn't have that income, and they were want, planning on that income to pay the bills. And so they were really wondering how they're going to make their payments, how they're going to pay their bills. I said, okay. I said, yeah, and said, Secondly, the gal that was going to sublet our house, it was a rental house, she can't do it either because she works at Picture People and she lost her job. So now they don't have the summer covered and, you know, rental for the three months of summer was going to be a big deal to them because they were really on a tight budget. The third thing was Mary was pregnant and the insurance policy they had through U of I had lapsed. Now they were really in trouble because that could be a five to fifteen or twenty thousand dollar problem. Who knows how much that would be to have a baby without insurance? Well, Josh also had the fourth thing go wrong, which was uh, he had taken a test that day in human anatomy and. It was the worst he had done in any test that he took. So I asked him, I said, Josh, what are you going to do? He said, Dad, I'm going to praise God in the midst of this. Good answer, son. <laughs> anyway, Josh uh, told me later that he went out running that night. and While he was running, it was getting dark. And he got down on his knees on the sidewalk and just cried out to God. I don't know whether that was a turning point or not, but uh, it really impacted him. That was when he kind of poured it all out to the Lord. And uh, he called me back next Tuesday, and uh, 
So I said, Josh, how you doing? He said, Dad, today has been as good as last Friday was bad. And uh, <clears throat> I said, well, tell me about it. He said, well, number one, Mary went back in to pick up her things at the uh, place she worked, picture people, and they gave her severance pay. Now she's tired and doesn't have to work, and we still get the income. Secondly, they had put the sign that was in the garage out in the yard for rent, and the landlord had gotten some calls. In fact, he told Josh that he had more than 30 calls, and he said, take the sign out of the yard. This was on Monday. Take the sign out of the yard. The place is rented. I don't know who goes to Champaign and rents a house for the summer in the middle of April, but that's when it was. And the third thing was that uh, University of Illinois said that they also had forgotten to send an invoice to Josh and Mary, and so if they'd make their payment, they'd have coverage. And so... uh, they, they basically were okay. The, uh, the baby could be born and the insurance would cover the bills. Now, I didn't take that test at that point, but he was already pretty much flying high. And, but he took that test then in the month of May and got the best score he could have gotten in the class. So, uh, but if he had not responded by giving thanks and having the right attitude and having the approach of giving thanks in the middle of it, it would have been a completely different outcome. When we choose to obey God's principles, it makes a difference in our lives. It changes the way we are able to handle what happens and how things are going to go in the future. And so uh, that's, that's the kind of thing God can do. He can take things and he can turn them for good. Well, the third part of this is For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, if you look at the context of the verse, it's in the final instructions that Paul gives to the church at Thessalonica. And these are important instructions. And so this particular verse is buried right there at the end of the chapter in the midst of some very important instructions that he's leaving to the church at Thessalonica. And so... uh, Paul is saying, this is the will of God. What's the will of God? Giving thanks in whatever circumstance we're in. We're to bring honor and glory to God. It's the starting point for finding God's will. It's how we can come to a point where we know what his will is. And we're all saying that we want to know what God's will is. I know I've preached on the will of God many times. I, I, I can remember my outline from one of the messages. It's the, the will of God is his word, the witness, and the walk. And his word, it's all about finding out what the Bible says to us about what his will is. He already makes it pretty clear what his will is right here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. The second thing, the witness, is... The Spirit of God wants to bring alive the truth from His Word that applies to our situation. And we need His Word and His witness to know what His will is. And the third thing is we need to pay attention to the walk, the circumstances that come into our life. 
But here we have something that's so simple, so clear. This is the starting point for knowing what God's will is. His will is, in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And so he makes it very clear what his will is. Now, it's easy for us to serve God and to love him and to give him honor and glory when things go well. But how do you do when things aren't going well? Do you bring him honor and glory in the midst of those situations? That's when you know it's real. That's when you know it's really making a difference in your life. When you have bad things happen and you still praise God. Paul had a lot of bad things happen to him. Talks in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 24, it says he was boasting in his sufferings. He was saying five times he received 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. And yet we see Paul in the midst of when he was thrown in prison. He and Silas were in prison. And they were singing hymns to God at the middle of the night. And an earthquake came and opened the doors to that jail. God showed up in a very powerful way at that time. And they were able to lead the jailer to Jesus. It's quite an impact when we respond to God in the midst of adversity. I have a friend named Roger Roger and I worked at AT&T for a number of years together, and Roger was uh, kind of a, he was well-liked by management, and uh, he was doing well in the organization, and he was kind of moving up the ladder. Anyway, Roger, uh, he and his family came over to our house one night, and uh, we had a little four-year-old boy named Johnny. Johnny had blonde hair, blue eyes, and he was just a a really neat little boy, full of life. And I was playing with Johnny, and I was throwing him up in the air, and I can still remember how I caught Johnny, and uh, it jarred him, and he had pain in his neck. So that next week, they took Johnny to the hospital, or to the doctor, rather, and uh, they took some pictures, and it came back that Johnny had a brain tumor, He had a lump behind his ear, and he had a brain tumor. And uh, one of the things Roger and I often talked about was just how do we respond to God in the middle of that kind of difficulty? Because that's a hard thing. Anyway, uh, Roger and Sandy continued to respond to God, and uh, it was a one-year time frame where Johnny went through chemo, and Uh, There was lots of doctor visits. Things were really difficult. And uh, during that time, we kept coming back to how do we respond to God in the midst of this? How do we bring him honor in the midst of this? And I I can remember that uh, Johnny had this special visitation from the Lord. And uh, basically, uh, Jesus came to him in a dream and said, you're going to be okay. And so he told his mom and his dad, said, you don't have to worry about me. I'm going to be okay. And a week later, Johnny died and uh, went to be with Jesus. 
Well, <clears throat> Roger, I can remember Roger sharing about what God had done in his life and what God had done in their lives in the midst of all the treatments and everything. At the funeral, Roger got up and shared his testimony. And, uh, and he did that because he wanted to honor God in the middle of even that big loss. And a lot of the management from AT&T was there and a lot of friends and family. And, uh, <clears throat> there were a lot of people who came to faith that night. Uh, I know they did. And Johnny's, Johnny's loss was not lost. It was something God used for good. He turned it for good. He's able to do that kind of thing. And so uh, <clears throat> Roger continued to respond to God. He, didn't, he continued at AT&T for the next year. But a year later, he really felt like God was calling him into ministry. And so he went full-time with Young Life. And I know Young Life is in this area. I know people who have benefited from Young Life. But uh, Roger had a number of high schools that he would have a Young Life uh, meeting at, and he impacted hundreds of kids for Christ over the next 10 years, and continued by becoming the Metro Director for Young Life of the Metro New York City area, and continued to impact thousands for Christ, and is still walking faithfully with the Lord to this day, and God has really blessed his life and his ministry. Because he remained faithful to God in the midst of what was going on. And that's what God promises to do. He says that in the midst of, he'll turn things for good. All things will work together for good if we love God and allow him to work in the midst of the problems that we have in our life. So how do we do this? I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to keep my mind on something. We've got so many things going on technology-wise, it's easy to forget that I'm focusing on this. How do, we, how do we give thanks in the midst of our circumstances? How do we, in everything, give thanks because it's the will of God in Christ Jesus? I, I have five things that I want to share with you. First of all, we have to choose something that we're going to be thankful for in the midst of what's going on. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe there's a problem or difficulty or irritation or frustration or something that you know is bothering you that you could be thanking God and giving him honor in the midst of that. That really brings glory to God. You know, Roger said something to me during the time that he was going through all this. He said, there's never a better opportunity to bring God glory than when you're going through something difficult. And because Roger recognized that, he was able to keep his focus on honoring God. Anyway, we have to choose something and we have to go after that particular thing. We have to identify what it is. Secondly, we need to have God's help to focus on it. And that's where I often have to keep myself from somehow being drawn away to thinking about other things. I have to keep my focus on it, so I often use reminders, sticky notes or something, saying praise in this, whatever it is. And I have to guard my motives. 
You know, this is not about getting my way with God. It's about what I'm going to do to guard my heart and not be excited about what God's doing for me. I'm, I'm excited about what I can do to honor God in the midst of it. And fourthly, it helps me if I express it out loud. I say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you are doing in the midst of this situation. And then lastly, I have to do it with vigor. I can't just do it half-heartedly. I have to do it with all that is within me. When I do it with vigor and I do it with a heart that's excited about giving thanks to God, it makes such a difference. And so those are the things that I have to focus on if I'm going to be able to do what the Bible says, which is his will, giving thanks in the midst of whatever comes along so that I can honor him. I know that there's been uh, a really bad accident in, the, in this church, and uh, the Hill family has been going through a lot. And, uh, and yet I know that we have a God that can turn even something like that for good. He knows how to do that. He can bring good out of tragedy situations. It isn't that it was good, but it is that he can bring good out of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the privilege and opportunity to share the truth of your word. And uh, Lord, your word is never old. Your word is something that we, Lord, apply to our lives and it causes us to be able to grope with and deal with the difficulties of life. Lord, I want to pray for the hills. I want to pray that you'd continue to be with them as they recover from this accident. May you, Lord, be glorified in their lives. May there be evidences of how you're going to work in this, that they'll be able to hang their hat on, know that you're at work in their lives in the middle of what's going on. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the new life you brought into the hill home. And we ask you, Lord, now to work in the midst of us as a people that we could bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.